You're listening to the Cat Breeder Sensei Says Podcast, the show that supports the reputable breeding of pedigree cats. I'm your show host, April Catito, and in this episode, I'll be sharing the chronicles of a new breeder with you, with my experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We will get into all of this juicy stuff right after this short message. Do you want to learn how to become a successful breeder of pedigree cats? Now you can. For the first time ever, enroll in an online training course that takes you step-by-step through everything you need to know to get on the right track. Visit catbreedersensei.com to sign up today and use code PODCAST21 to get $25 off. Okay, we're back. Disclaimer, all of the thoughts that are shared in this episode are strictly from personal experience or personal knowledge. You may certainly have a much different experience than the one I'm about to talk about. So the main reason for me doing this episode was so that if you have experienced or are currently experiencing some of the things that I did when I was brand new, well then I wanted you to know that you're not alone. I mean, it can feel like a real lonely, isolated world out there when you're trying to get the help that you need to break into the breeding industry, and it seems like there's just no one there to help you. So before I get into this story, I will say that the good part about it is that I'm doing fine. I toughed things out. I didn't let people stand in my way. I didn't let people discourage me. I didn't let the negativity overwhelm me. And I just soldiered through the really rough parts, which is really in the beginning. And it took a few years for me to settle into the idea and to become real comfortable with myself and even being a part of this community so now it's good. I mean, I, I, I feel like now I'm here to try to help make the change that I think is very much needed. So before I ever started breeding Maine Coons, I did attend cat shows and I really was just a spectator there. And I ended up befriending two ladies that were showing their Maine Coons and they were both breeders. In fact, they were partners. And they were super nice to me. They would educate me about the breed and explain how the cat shows worked and the point system and just point out all the features of a Maine Coon and they were super helpful. That was until I said that I wanted to be a breeder myself. That's when things changed with them. So one of the very first things that happened to me that I can recall, there was so many, but these two ladies came to my house like where I, my home, where I live. And one of them, one Saturday morning, she sent me a text message and she said, hey, we want to come by and have a look at where you plan on keeping your mail. So I'm like, oh, cool, they're, they're going to help me. So of course, I was happy for them to come over. They walked around my home and complimented me on my cats that I had at the time. And I showed them where I planned on keeping a male because I have a cattery that used to be used as a home office. And then we just converted it into cattery space. And it's actually quite nice. So they were seemed to be impressed with that and said, yeah, that's a great space for a boy. But then they started asking me questions that they knew, or I guess they knew, I don't know. I didn't know the answer to like, 
complicated questions and trick questions, if you will. And when I would answer them incorrectly, they would like look at each other and laugh and it was weird. And it made me uncomfortable because this was in my house. By the end of their visit, which was about an hour long, they said, you're not ready for this. You don't, you don't have the answers and you don't know what you're doing. So you probably should just start showing an altered cat first. That's where you need to start. And you need to uh, be friends with people that are at the cat show. And once they're comfortable enough with you, then maybe they'll sell you a cat for breeding. And that's pretty much how you get into the business. So that's what they told me. And I wasn't willing to do that. I'm sorry. That seems like a year or two of showing an altered cat to earn a championship title or maybe not in hopes that somebody will like me enough to sell me a kitten. No, I wasn't. I wasn't willing to do that. Even though I know that's one of the ways people tell you to get started into the business. And yes, I do call this a business. I, some people will have a heart attack when they hear me say that, but it's not a hobby. A hobby is something that you can walk away from and you can stop doing on the weekends and you can decide when you do a hobby. This is not a hobby. This is something that you do 24 hours a day and it's a lot of work. And ultimately, you exchange a product for money. The product is your kittens. That's what you are producing. You're producing kittens for buyers and therefore it's a business. So I have a different theory than most people. I know they do not like for it to be called a business, but for for all intents and purposes, it is and I think it should be run like one and treated like one. Not the cats. The cats are living animals that should be treated with love, kindness, and respect. So don't confuse the things that I'm saying. So I treat the cats like they deserve to be treated and I treat my cattery like it's a business. So what happened next was these lovely ladies went back home to their computers and they logged into Facebook and they signed in to a cool little Facebook group that was for breeders only. And they started giving everybody a warning that I wanted to buy kittens for breeding and I didn't know what I was doing and not to sell me any kittens. Someone in the group actually knew me from somewhere else, oddly enough, and let me know that this was going on. Uh, and that was the moment I thought, what in the world? Why would somebody do that? Like, they don't even know me. They, I don't know. It was, it was really bizarre to me. But now I know that that's kind of what goes on every single day, all the time. The new breeders that are trying to get their foot in the door and meet new people and figure out how to do this the right way, just get the door slammed in their face and people start talking about them online and social media. And it's, it's really bad. It's super negative and I don't like it. Well, there wasn't much I could do to defend myself at that time because I could not get into that group. It was the little secret society for breeders only, and there was no way I was getting in. So I was just, you know, blew it off, like, whatever, you know, I don't know why they're saying that, but okay. But I did, at that point, feel a little lost and depleted and like, wow, I thought these ladies were coming to help me. 
and then I realized that they weren't coming to help me at all. They were coming to try to shut me out, and that's kind of the common theme. So I did turn to the internet, and I started looking for information, anything I could find, and there's no assembled information about breeding cats. So you probably know that by now. You will find a lot of don't breed cats to make money. And if you do, you're the most terrible person that ever walked on the face of the earth. Um, and you're an evil form of a human if you breed cats when there are so many cats already in the shelter. Those are like the two most common things that you find when you search for how to breed cats or how to start a cattery. Things like that. You get no help whatsoever. So from there, I started messaging breeders in the United States, of course, asking if they would help me. And boy, that's a bad idea, just right out of the box. If you ever want to feel like the stupidest person ever, just ask a few random breeders if they'll mentor you and help you start breeding the cats that they breed. You will get your booty handed to you real quick. Whatever you do, don't ask them if they'll sell you a kitten for breeding. They have, they have heart attacks, like literally right on the spot. Now, recently, I've learned that it's not like that in every country. It's mainly in the United States of America. So I'm not sure what's going on with the USA breeders ladies, but you guys got some issues. So they kind of end up in a vicious circle. So they attack you for not knowing what you're doing but they don't want to help you and so then you get bad-mouthed about breeding cats and not knowing what you're doing but you're back to well will you help me figure out what i'm doing and they say no i don't <laughs> i don't have time and no nobody else is allowed to do this except for me i'll say that but that's what it seems like if you're in the united states and maybe some other countries too i'm sure it doesn't take long before you realize that you can import your kitten from Russia or, in fact, from Europe, the whole continent. The people there are nice. They don't give you any problems. It's hassle-free. They don't badger you. They don't question how much knowledge you have. But there are negatives to that. You don't know what you're getting when you buy a kitten. So if the goals of our cattery are health, temperament, and type, it's almost impossible to confirm any of those three things when you're importing a cat from a breeder that you don't know and you're getting it from overseas. It's just really risky. And I can speak firsthand about that. In fact, that's why I did the episode about how to vet a breeder when you're buying a kitten. So be sure to check that out if you haven't yet. There is a lot of risk when you're importing. There's a lot of risk when you're buying any kitten from any breeder, but the risk highly increases when you don't know the person that you're working with and you don't know their lines and don't know the temperament of the cats. It's just all a gamble. When you get the kitten, at least I know when I do, when I import and the kitten arrives or I go pick it up, I, I open the travel carrier and I'm like, what did I get? Is it what I thought it was? Did they trick me on the photos? Did they tilt the head a certain way so I didn't see the flaws in the profile? Oh yes, honey, they do that. Is the temperament nice? You know, is this kitten friendly? Does he let me hold him? Is he scared to death? Is he skittish? And then ultimately, is he in good health? Is he in good health right now? And is he gonna be in good health in a year from now and two years from now? It's just so many things that are risky. 
I didn't know about these risks when I imported my first kitten, and that's what I did. I imported a girl from Moscow, Russia. So the girl arrives, I bring her home, her temperament's fine, she's beautiful, etc. I put her on the website, her photos, her DNA testing, her pedigree. No less than a week goes by and I get a message from someone, stranger, who wants me to know that the cat that I just bought has the same cat on both sides of her pedigree and that she is a disaster. Basically, she was so high inbred that I needed to spay her immediately. The kittens were gonna have birth defects and health problems out the wazoo and I didn't know what I was doing and I needed to take care of this problem immediately. Come to find out, this lady was a CFA judge who happened to be part of the Little Secrets Society Facebook group. They ended up pursuing me even further, watching my website, and then felt it necessary to contact me on Facebook. We all love Facebook, right? Just to give me this message. In a response to this, I asked this lovely lady if she would be willing to mentor me because I still don't know what I'm doing and I'm admitting this. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm not going to not do this. I'm moving forward with it. If I make mistakes, I will learn from them and I will be better. I'll be a better person. I'll be a better breeder. She absolutely refused to help me, to mentor me. She did not have time for that. She just wanted me basically spay the cat and throw the towel in. She was a little intimidating. And because of her title being a CFA judge for more than two decades, I, I, was, I was a little intimidated and people don't usually intimidate me. Nevertheless, I carried on. I kept my girl. She ended up having several litters. I had no losses. The kittens were healthy and she was a, my first queen and did up, end up spaying her, but not due to health problems. She loved to pee pee on everything. So I decided that it would be best if she was in a pet home. I thought she was pee pee because of stress. It was not only when she was in heat, it was every day. So I spayed her and she's actually doing very well now and, you know, has no issues not using the litter box. So I made a good call on that one. The positive takeaway from that encounter was that I went down the rabbit hole and learned about inbreeding coefficients because I had never even heard this word before. And that is part of the problem. Like I didn't even know to look for that. And when I bought this kitten, I didn't know to look at the pedigree and check for inbreeding coefficients and see how many duplicates were on the pedigree and if there's line breeding and, and inbreeding I just didn't know to look for that because the information wasn't there so at this point based on this message that I got that's when I decided I needed to learn about this and I learned all about it I mean that was intriguing to me for one to even know that this topic existed and then to go down the rabbit hole and learn about something that's a little sophisticated was definitely um, a step in the right direction. So I knew there was way more out there that I needed to know, but I still didn't know what I needed to know. I'm kind of learning as I go along kind of thing. So like I disclosed in the very beginning of the show, not everybody has the same experience as me, but I do know that it's probably about 80% of people that get this type of resistance if they start asking for help from established breeders. 
So why do breeders treat the newcomers like this? Do you have any idea what their logic is? I've thought about this so much, and even today I still try to figure it out because it's still happening every single day. And I have a few theories, but I'm not sure which one of them is, is even reasonable. So I think, is it competition? Is an established breeder maybe afraid that a newbie is going to come along and steal their thunder? Is it, you know, market share? Are they highly competitive and maybe they're doing well at the shows and they don't want competition there? I don't know. This is all absurd to me, but I don't know. Maybe it's a competition thing or a market share, uh, like fear, like somebody new coming in and taking away the buyers maybe that they could have had uh, i'm not sure but that's a theory then there's one that's not quite as silly which is being protective of their breed so i'm very protective of my chosen breed and i, I i'm really adamant about breed standard and protecting and preserving and using healthy lines and retiring those lines that aren't healthy and it may pass down anything genetic that would affect the quality of life in the kittens. So I totally understand breeders being protective of their breed, but that doesn't mean that the next person won't also have the same goal and also want to be part of protecting this breed. So we can't automatically shut the people out that want to be a part of this. I mean, the more people that are really enthusiastic, like myself, for example, I'm happy to have them join in on the movement to protect the breed that I love. So maybe they just think a different way and think that the newbies are here to destroy the breed and be careless and reckless. And that really turns back to, okay, well, are you willing to help these people learn about the breed and learn how to protect them. If you want to help protect, then help educate the people that are entering into this breed and want help or need help, more importantly. Maybe it's just old school beliefs. This has kind of been going on for a long time from what I understand, and it feels like it's just woven into the breeder community and passed down without question. Do they even know why they don't want new people to show up on the scene? Do they think that they are the only ones who are worthy of, of participating in breeding pedigree cats? I don't know. I don't get it. So I know I've worked hard on building my lines and having healthy lines, and I don't want my kittens to end up in the wrong hands of a wrong breeder or the wrong hands of a pet owner for that matter. I want them to all be protected and and taken care of to the best of the person's ability. So I understand that, you know, selling a kitten with breeding rights is not something that people are willing to do quickly. They want to know the person and trust the person. That's a big word too. They want to trust who the kitten is going to and know that they are, have the same goals in mind. So that's really what I think breeders should establish and discuss a little bit more is what are the goals of your cattery? You know, what are you hoping to accomplish by breeding this cat in the first place? And if the goals are not in line with yours, then it's okay to say no. It's not okay to be ugly to that person though. You can kindly just 
refuse to help or refuse to sell the person a kitten with breeding rights just like you would refuse to sell a person a kitten for a pet if your gut told you not to but be kind you know just simply maybe point them in the right direction and offer some guidance on where they can find some help everybody was new at one time everybody knew nothing when they first started a new person that's coming into the space has just as much of a right as you did when you were brand new and this my friends is why cat breeder sensei was created we're here to offer a home for the new generation of cat breeders a safe place a community that doesn't agree with or tolerate negativity that is experienced by so many new people out there. Yes, we want to protect and preserve our breed and make good decisions about where our cats go, but we also want to change the dynamic that has existed in the cat breeding world for a very long time. The one that's kind of cold and standoffish. The one that tries to prevent new people from coming into the space. The one that's overcritical. Cat Breeder Sensei is here to help you achieve the knowledge that you need to be a reputable breeder. For the first time ever, there's a place where you can go. A self-guided training platform that has all of the basic fundamental information that you need to get started as a reputable cat breeder. So maybe you don't need it necessarily, but if someone asks you for help and asks you questions about getting started, maybe you can point them into the right direction. You can send them to Cat Breeder Sensei. I do want to thank you for listening to the chronicles of a newbie breeder on today's show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you get all of the new episodes that come out. And if you will, do us a huge, huge favor and leave us a positive review on the podcast platform that you're listening to us on right now. That would be so very awesome. I'm signing off for now, but I will see you guys next time on Cat Breeder Sensei Says. Thanks for listening.